Welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, where we bring awareness of sustainable health in a business hustle space. Natural Health Podcast is perfect for the high-performing, business-minded individuals who want to work with their biochemistry to achieve success and optimal health. It's Friday, which means it's time for French sharing facts about health, business, and overall success. In today's episode, we talk to Shay Morrison. As the co-founder of The Good Night Co., Shay is on a mission to deliver a better, natural night's sleep for everyone. The Good Night Co. has identified and developed effective, evidence-based ways to fall asleep, stay asleep, and manage immutable sleep destructions. With more than 200 doctors in Australia and globally, as well as the thriving global partnership with Ariana Huffington, she's helping thousands to sleep well, be well, as the, and also is the host of her own podcast, The Good Night Show. Shay knows everything there is to know about sleep. She's also a mom of two, an owner of two businesses, so knows firsthand how hard it can be to juggle everything that is life. Some interesting things that she absolutely loves doing is horse riding, tennis, and she absolutely loves to sleep. Welcome to the Natural Podcast, Shay. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, wonderful to be here. Amazing. So horse riding, when was the last time you've been horse riding or is that on the plans? I I own, I'm a, a horse riding fan, have been for, for life and um, I have horses so I'm, I have access to be able to ride often. Since having children, it's been a lot less often, but it is something that I absolutely love. Yeah. And they're such beautiful animals, aren't they? They're just, as soon beautiful. as I see them, they just calm me. I'm just like, I'm so absolutely. calm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love them. Love and them. I also love sleep. Yeah, you absolutely love sleep. So have you always loved sleep? As, as always love sleep. Always love sleep. Always love, love, love sleep. That's, that's pretty much how the business evolved was around, um, I think probably it started in, in uni days or late high school when, you know, I just really knew that even if I stayed up late and, and needed to cram for an exam or something, that I was just not a, a well-functioning human the next day. And so for me, it was all about, okay, I need to wake up at whatever time it is. So I'm going to count back so that I make sure I get my eight hours, which is generally what I need and always have. Um, and what time do I need to go to bed? So I was that that person that used to get a little bit stressed about, okay, I need to be in bed by this time. Yeah, and uni days or high school, it'll be just stressed out because you have to be there at a certain time. Um, and, I mean, you're going to uni to learn, so you want to be there. You want to get into the lecture um, and, 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 and learn those things. Yeah, that's amazing. So so what have been the key turning points to get you where you are now? I mean, sleep or, you know, loving sleep has been one of them, but has there been anything else that has occurred to get you to where you are now and to open up the businesses that you have and to make you who you are now, Shay? Yeah, I... Um have always been uh, interested in business. Um, my background is is radio advertising sales. So I spent um, 20 years in the media industry, um, working for some, you know, Nova, Southern Cross or Stereo, um, big organisations, very fast paced, um, dealing with lots of deadlines. And I guess they there came a point I also dabbled in um, my own businesses along the side. I'm a marriage celebrant and um uh, I also owned a laser hair removal clinic for a number of years while I was uh, working. So I always loved the entrepreneurial side and just knew that that's probably where I needed to be. So when I had my first child, that was the 
the impetus to think to, to really start thinking about it um, and not being able to you don't really understand I think when you have your first child the changes that are going to happen and the, the less time that you have in your life um, so that was an, an easy transition to go right okay well that's the end of that chapter and this is the new chapter and and with that I, I guess that um, the opportunity came to start looking at uh, silk eye masks and silk pillowcases in particular um, which was the start of the business and um, from there we quickly understood sleep interestingly that was in 2014 and in 2015 was when sleep really started to get on the agenda of conversation I think until then it wasn't really being talked about a lot or, or if it was in a business environment it was more about how can you thrive on three to four hours sleep rather than really getting the quality sleep you needed. So the mindset was shifting and changing. And Ariana Huffington was the leader. I really feel in that space of making that change. Um, we partnered with her on her um, book tour of the sleep revolution. And then from there really started to get involved in sleep. And how does this play a role? We would, um, Danielle and I, my co-founder, other founder, um, were mums with young children. So for us, it was a really important time. And uh, we just began a huge amount of research into what that looks like naturally. So there are lots of people who are struggling with sleep disorders that have chronic illness. That's really not the role that we're playing. We're, we're talking about the education process before you get to that stage so that you can potentially avoid the, the longer term um, serious conditions that, that exist. Yeah, I love that you found a niche that you love yourself, but that's also needed out there. An interesting point that you pointed out there is that a lot of people used to find it cool or amazing on having the three or four hours sleep. And you're like, yeah. you know what? No, that is going to cause issues down the track, right? Absolutely. And I think that this is, I, I think there's still a massive education piece that's required. And, and so many people don't understand that the ongoing particular heart disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's, like the list goes on, um, obesity. So there are so many diseases that exist that are linked directly to lack of sleep. And I think having that understanding and ultimately it comes down to you as an individual. So this is an individual um, process that you need to work out for yourself what you need. And it comes down to your whole health. If you can understand the signs and the symptoms and what your body's telling you, then you can solve a lot of these problems on your own without even needing to go to a doctor um, necessarily. I'm not saying don't, but, you know, tuning into your body and what your body needs. And that's the same for working out. You know, people say all the time, oh, what's the optimal amount of sleep hours sleep that's so dependent on you as an individual some people can survive um, on six six to seven hours and they that works for them but the majority of us it is seven to nine hours so carving that time aside understanding it when you go to bed and when you wake up are, are pretty fundamental parts yeah that, that's absolutely amazing so before we go in and talk about sleep in a much more in depth I wanted to find out what does optimal health look like for you today and what does success look like? You know, you've said you've um, always had that entrepreneur spirit inside of you and you're, you're you know, your mom and you've got businesses. So what does success and optimal health look like for you today? I'm, I'm still on a working journey to figure that one out, if I was to be really honest, but I'm getting closer to it. I think it's a process of elimination. And if I was to sit here and say, oh, it's this and this and this, then, you know, I would be lying. But for me personally, success looks 
it has changed a lot in the last few years. I think that the world is a very different place. I think COVID has changed an enormous amount for people. And for me, it's all about feeling as um, as calm as possible. So having as little stress in my life um, is really um, a big achievement every day to wake up feeling really grateful and positive for what I've got around me, um, how I can move through my day in the calmest possible way. And then, and then also um, having that grateful, um, grateful attitude, even in the evening around I am fit and healthy and I'm so grateful for that, but I really take very good care to make sure that I am in that optimal state. And I think once we all sort of work out really that health is all we have and it is so important, that is success. So if we have our health and we can get through the day in the most stress-free, calm, grateful way, then I think that we're on track to having a pretty good, long, um, sustaining life. That is definitely a magical explanation of success, being calm, being successful, yet alone stress-free and being grateful, one of the key things that you mentioned there. I think that's absolutely amazing and it's so good that you are reflecting this in your everyday um, and you can see that through your businesses um, and through you, you here um, talking to us on the podcast. So let, let's let's talk about today's topic, right? How to fall asleep faster. I mean, just the topic itself is going to get so many people hooked in and be like, I want to sleep faster because with 1.5 million Australian adults, 9% of the um, adult population is now suffering from sleep disorders with one in every three regularly struggling with their sleep. And I know that this is evident because people come to me and are like, Mahela, I cannot sleep. I think it's a very, very important topic to talk about. And I think you would agree too. So why do you think sleep as an important pillar of health is often overlooked? I think there's nothing in awareness about it. It's what I alluded to earlier. I think that people assume that sleep is something that just happens and you don't need to work at it. Sleep is the third pillar of health. In my opinion, it should be the first. But, you know, as the third pillar of health, right alongside diet and exercise, it requires the same energy, the same effort, the same attention, the same amount of money that you might spend on the other areas but no one really talks about it. So we just, you know, I like to think about the analogy of when you have a baby. So when, you're, when you've got a baby, babies don't just know how to sleep. They do require a lot of sleep, but they don't, they don't really often know how to fall asleep. So they need to be taught that in this calm, beautiful, quiet, dark environment, then this is this is how you can start to lull into that sense of of feeling safe enough to fall asleep. So that might require some gentle music, their mum patting gently on their back, um, just being present in the room, having a dim environment, making sure that it's cool enough, it's not too hot. So all of the things that we as adults need, it's the same process. And if we didn't learn those skills when we were children, so babies through to children, sometimes that can be hard because you don't ever really know how to sleep. Then if you add all of the layers of the modern world into what we now have, technology and stimulation and all of these foods that drinks that are, you know, highly stimulant, if, if we don't know what's good and what's not good for us, 
and we haven't worked that out, then we're going to really struggle to be able to fall asleep. And then if you add the next layer, which is the number one reason, stress and anxiety, which is fueled by this fast-paced environment that we live in, you know, it's really, really tough for people. So not only are they, do they not know or do they not want to know, because let's be honest when I say to people, really in an ideal world, you probably don't want to be on your devices two hours before you go to bed. You want to have a really dark environment. You want to have this, you want to have that. You know, you want to be reading a book. You want to be doing a gratitude journal. You want to play some beautiful music. You want to listen to a meditation. If you, if you talk about all those things, they kind of go, oh, forget it, it's too hard. People these days really just want to take a pill, something quick and easy, fast, do all the things that they're currently doing, and go to sleep. But it, it doesn't work. Our body is not geared that way. We really need to introduce and encourage a routine. And a routine doesn't need to be this hour-long process. It can be three simple steps or it can take five minutes and it can be free as well. So you don't, you but bringing your conscious awareness to it and understanding that that's what you need to do, that's the step in the process. Yeah, I love that at the start you said the third pillar of help and you said it should be the first one and you know um diet and exercise being the other two and when you look at individuals you know exercise uh, is a huge part here in australian culture a lot of individuals go to the gym walk they put effort into the exercise same as diet a lot spend of a lot of money on really expensive clothing and outfits and shoes and technology and whatever you know yeah and same with diet same thing yeah but then the, the the sleep stuff, I think, is just coming out now. And I think it's got so much more room to play with and so many things that we can adjust. So as much effort that we're putting into exercise, as much effort that we're putting into diet, the same effort should be put into the third one, which is sleep, which is exactly what you were saying. Yeah, absolutely. And just making it a priority as equal to the other two areas in your life. And it's so beautiful that we have people like yourself in your company um, sharing this information and sharing this knowledge so it becomes the norm. It's not something, yeah. oh, well, that's a hack. You should be sleeping better. No, yeah. no, it should be the normal thing to do. Um, you know, we are designed to sleep. It hasn't fallen off. Sleep hasn't fallen off. No. We've been humans for how long? And we haven't stopped doing it. There's a number of things we've stopped doing, but we haven't stopped sleeping. Absolutely. And we need it. If we don't sleep, we will die. Our body really needs it to restore and recover. Yeah, you're so right. And look, a lot of people come to me and they say, I'm just not a morning person. I'm a night person. I can't go to sleep at, two, you know, at 10 p.m. that you want me to. I've got to sleep at 2 a.m. So, and then comes the subject of chronotypes, right? So what are they? And do they actually determine when you fall asleep and how you fall asleep? A chronotype is a real thing. And um, we work closely with Dr. Michael Bruce, who um, is the sleep doctor in the US. He's got a huge following and he has taken the traditional chronotypes and, and put it into a, a fantastic sleep quiz that you can take. So if you go to his, um, The Power of When is his book. And if you go to his site, you'll be able to take the quiz if you don't know what a chronotype is and what chronotype you are. And then that will spit out a result um, to tell you what you are. So it talks through, it basically is a scientific approach to, like you're saying, is that certain people, um, we, we're not all the same. And that's what I was trying to explain earlier. Per, it's all personalized. And so when we start to understand a bit more about who we are and what, what makes us tick and how we're made up, and then once we start leaning into that more, then that's where we're gonna lean into that optimal health as well. And I think if we um, educate even, you know, 
all of the big employers around different chronotypes and the fact that not all staff are equal and people work differently, then um, helping to balance. And I think we're definitely moving into that space more. Then understanding that a bit more helps to work out, well, okay, if the if I've got a wolf type of um, chronotype, so we've got a bear, a wolf, a dolphin and a lion. And if we've got a wolf chronotype, then they're probably more artistic and creative. They like to wake up later and stay up later when we're finishing our day. And so therefore their hours might reflect differently. And by allowing them to start at 10 o'clock or 12 o'clock, you're going to get far more out of them and what they can produce for you than if you were to treat everybody like a, a bear. So a bear is generally a huge amount of the population that just, you know, wakes and sleeps and wakes at similar times, goes about their day to day. But if we can start to understand a little bit more about what helps um, each person tick and then we create environments for them, then it will really have a huge increase in productivity and creativity. Yeah, that, that is absolutely amazing. And we all know that that's in history event, there's been a number of events that have occurred due to not sleeping, um, due to fatigue, mistakes have been made that are dramatic in businesses that have cost businesses millions of dollars, that have cost lives, that's cost so many things. So if we improved sleep, we could have saved all of these problems probably lives and money and money on some yeah. businesses, right? Because we all know that our brain just goes downhill when we don't get the sleep out. Our, there's even, a, a, I remember reading a study with police officers, police officers who didn't sleep well gave more fines <laughs> away. because um, they sure. Yeah, they were irritable, more irritable and things yeah. like that. And I know myself, if I don't sleep well, I'm, I'm irritable, right? Yeah. Um, we all know it within ourselves. So what are some signs of, disordered sleep i mean i mentioned one of them being irritable making making yeah, faults mood, at work behavior yeah, yeah. what would be some other ones mood and behavior definitely play a big role in that because you if you just think about yourself if you are not well slept not well rested not feeling great about yourself you are more irritable you're more grumpy and you're more inclined to snap at somebody so mood and behavior and then the, the trouble with this is that if we keep repeating this behavior again and again and again over a period of time because we're not sleeping that can get worse and then that can develop into longer term behavioral patterns but there are other things you know daytime fatigue is probably the biggest you know you sort of mentioned that as well there there is a stat that 20% of Australians have fallen asleep while driving and I think that it's then 5% have had a car accident from that from that stat onwards. So that's huge. And then that's that's just the study of people admitting that that's happened. You know, I'm sure that it's probably a bit more inflated than that. So, you know, this is happening, falling asleep, um, you know, falling asleep and staying asleep. That's a pretty good sign that you might also um, be struggling. So if you're really struggling to fall asleep, which is, you know, our overall theme here today, um, and it's taking, you know, longer than 20 to 30 minutes every night, then that's a really... Um, big alarm bell that there's probably a, a bigger problem going on. And then if you're not able to stay asleep during the night, if you're waking up frequently and you're not getting that deep sleep, well, then that's probably another key sign. Yeah, I, I, I love that you mentioned the sleep maintenance and onset um, falling asleep and also staying asleep because a lot of issues, yeah. people are like, I can fall asleep, no issues, but the issue is staying asleep. Yeah. yeah. And we break it into three categories um, for us in the business is that generally people will fall into one of these categories or two or maybe three, but it's having trouble falling asleep, um, 
not waking up regularly during out during the night and then waking up in the morning and not just not feeling well rested. So you can generally relate to one of those key areas and then they can relate to different things that are going on with you. So you can then start to really hone down and pinpoint, okay, well, if it's stress and anxiety, there's a really big health issue going on in my life. I'm eating too close to bed. My diet, my nutrition is not aligned. Um, you know, drugs, alcohol, um, caffeine. So all, all of the things that might play a role in that as well. Why, why you've mentioned caffeine, let's dig a little bit yes, deeper on this sure. one, right? Because a lot of people, I mean, it's normal, especially here living in Melbourne and I'm pretty sure in Queensland too, you know, going for a coffee, having a coffee in the morning, even the first thing in the morning, people are like, haven't even opened their eyes, the coffee machine's going to get them to function. What, what is the role of caffeine in, um, in, in sleep? So it's interesting. I, I don't talk a lot about caffeine because I don't drink caffeine. So it's one of those things that I don't relate to, but I, I observe it a lot. And um, what I do observe is that we are living in a very caffeine-filled society and people are not having just one coffee a day because generally they're having a double shot and then they might be having two or three or four or five of those throughout the day. And, and with caffeine, it is a natural um, stimulant. So it is designed to stimulate the brain and the function. And what it's doing in the process is it's blocking a receptor in our brain, which is our sleepiness receptor. And what one of the troubles with caffeine is, is that whilst it might take sort of 30 to 60 minutes to kick in, it, it only it's still staying in your system for three, four, five, sometimes six hours afterwards. So the trouble is, is that if we have it in the morning, we have it at lunchtime and then have it again in the afternoon, we're just topping up the levels of caffeine in our system, which is still blocking that sleepiness receptor. So delaying our tiredness. Um, it can also be linked to having problems with getting into a deep sleep as well. You know, if you think about the role of what caffeine can do for people, it's increasing their heart rate. It's making them feel like a lot of people can sometimes get headaches or feel jittery or, you know, with too much caffeine. So if you think about how much it's elevating all of our um, system, it is going to be really hard to bring that level back down to feel tired and to, for the body to feel like it's in that calm state that it's required for sleep. Yeah. And most business professionals that are listening or, or, or the A-type personality is like, oh my gosh, I love that feeling. That's the feeling that I yeah. thrive on. That's the feeling that yeah. I achieve all my goals. Um, but what, what they want is they want to have that feeling throughout the whole day. And then as soon as it hits 11 o'clock, they want it just to switch off. And yeah. what you're saying is it doesn't just switch off. Yeah. It doesn't just switch off because it's still staying in our system. So, you know, we need to allow the time for it to excrete out of our system and we need to make sure that we're flushing that out as well. So we're staying really hydrated and we're drinking a lot of water and, and allowing that time for that to come out. And a lot of people I talk to will say, oh, no, caffeine doesn't have any effect on me, but they haven't tried. So yeah. they haven't tried because it's it's tough, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, I did drink coffee, you know, 12 years ago. And I, I can understand, I love the smell of it, but I just can't drink it. Yeah, 100%. So what does it actually mean to have a good night's sleep and what does it feel like? Because individuals that may be listening to this podcast are like, I do not remember the last time that I had a so-called good sleep. So what does it mm. actually look like and um, what's a good night's sleep? I think that it looks like being able to fall asleep easily. 
Um, now, if you're somebody like me who sometimes falls asleep within two to three minutes, that's not also ideal because it means that we're probably really overtired and we're not getting the right amount of sleep or we're not getting enough sleep or we're not getting enough deep sleep. So there's some, you know, some balances and challenges there. But anywhere between that sort of eight to 20 minute mark is, is optimal. Um staying asleep. So what we talked about before, falling asleep easily, staying asleep, waking up and feeling really refreshed and that you can tackle the day um, and start that day with no problems and you're full of energy and ready to go. I think that they're all really critical signs of knowing that you are getting good sleep. Now, another thing that you could look at doing is um, having a trackable, so a, a, sorry, a wearable so that you can track your sleep. Um, I wear the Aura Ring. Um, I know that Apple Watches and Fitbits and, and different devices track sleep. It can be used as a, as a tool, so not something that you use all the time necessarily, but it can be used to, to bring that in once a month and check for a week or a pattern, however long you want to create that to see, okay, are you getting the deep sleep? Are you getting REM sleep? Are you cycling through the stages that you need to make up the total good sleep, um, which also gives you a readiness score as well. Um, so that, that's also another good way to check. Yeah, that's absolutely great because if you're not measuring it, you don't really know what's happening unless, you know, you have a journal by your side and you measure every day um, how many times yeah. did I wake up, uh, sleep journal, um, how am I feeling refreshed and things like that. But a lot of people don't have time for that. So wearing a trackable, like you said, is an, is ideal for some individuals who want to see what is happening, but not for people that will make them more anxious. Um, That's right, because I think it can create that anxiety. certainly can for me at times. Oh, no, I'm not getting enough deep sleep and this has been for a week and then you start to really, but but it does make you really take stock and go, okay, well, what are the things that I know that are that are causing that that I can then remove and reset? Yeah. So I think that that's, I love the, the trackable um, beside the bed that you're talking about is also a fantastic tool. It's one that we um, have as a product as well and encourage that so that you can track and write down, you know, when you did drink coffee, you know, did you have an extra cup this day on the day that you had bad sleep and that was stopping you from falling asleep? What were the things that were going on during the day that might cause that problem during um, the nighttime, because what we do know is that your best night sleep starts in the morning. So it all comes back to our circadian rhythm and that's our internal body clock. So when uh, the hormones are being released at certain times throughout our 24 hour window and making sure that these things are happening regularly at the right time. So if we are waking up in the morning, getting that hit of sunlight, so just opening up the curtains, stepping outside if you can, just for two minutes, getting that hit of fresh air and sunlight, that can help set your circadian rhythm for the day so that your hormones are releasing throughout the day and through the evening on that 24-hour um, body clock. Yeah, I'm so glad that you mentioned the circadian rhythm and that the best night sleep starts in the morning. A lot of people say, okay, it starts at night time. No, no, no. It starts in the morning, how you start your morning. So why is it so important to see the sun? Um, for the audience that's listening is like, okay, so I'm supposed to step outside and see the sun, but how does that impact my sleep? So sunlight hits your, your eyes and it's going to let the body clock know it's morning. It's time to get moving. We're getting the body going. And then that allows it to then um, determine all of the processes that are going to happen throughout that day. So, you know, naturally we'll, there, there are certain bodily functions that will happen throughout the day, but also in the afternoon, we have that natural um, energy slump, you know, around the two to three 
three, four o'clock mark. Um, so these, this all makes up the circadian rhythm. We want the, we want it to ebb and flow so that when it comes back around to nighttime, when it starts to get dark, so we've had the, the sunlight in the morning, it's letting the, the, through the eyes, letting the, um, letting the body clock know that it's time to get up, get going. Then at nighttime, we want to start winding down when it starts to get dark. And that sort of leads into one of my big areas of focus is light. Because we are now um, awake all the time in such brightly lit environments, if you have a think about your day and then your, your afternoon and your early evening, we're just fueled with a lot of um, artificial light. And that's not just from screens and devices. That's all around us, you know, in, even in public transport, um, restaurants, in your car. You know, my car has lights that pop on everywhere and then we're not getting enough time. So our, if you think back to before the light bulb existed, our body, we were waking with the sunlight, we were going to bed as it, you know, as it got dark, or there were really beautiful soft lights that were lanterns that were or candles. And now we just have lights on everywhere. So one of the things that I like to do in the afternoon, the early evening is after dinner is really start to turn off all of the excess lights so that we're not in a shopping centre environment and that we're in that beautiful, calm, day spa feeling environment. With And if you don't have dimmable switches, you can buy some really great little plug-in um, Arlex Seller brand that's $4 and you can just plug them into a switch and they have a dimmable option on there that are also censored. So there's lots of alternatives now that you can incorporate into your home. Lighting a candle is fabulous. One night a week, having candle at dinner, just make sure you blow the candle out before you go to bed. Yeah, that's an absolutely great, great tip. <laughs> um, yes. I love that you mentioned the censored light because um, talk, there's an issue where individuals wake up in the middle of the night, they go to the toilet and those um, red yes. lights or sometimes it's pink or whatever color it is it, it leads you to the toilet so you don't have to turn on all the lights and you don't trip over and you don't wake yourself up completely so i, I absolutely, absolutely love those. that's I, the goal i love them i love those products um yeah absolutely so look in 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 regards to you said you track your sleep have you noticed any foods or any exercise or any any stresses that impact your sleep for the worse or for the better what have you noticed yeah i think for me um there's definitely some key things and and it's not necessarily just food um but it it can be the time that you're eating the food. So in an ideal world, having an early dinner and just, you know, if you think about the practicality of it, having that time for your body to digest the food that you've just eaten before you go to sleep, it, that takes a while for it to get from your from your mouth, down your esophagus, into your stomach and then process. So, you know, allowing enough time, eating earlier is, is ideal. Um, really thinking about your food choices at nighttime and what you are, you know, trying to avoid having a really heavy meal. Um, it's, not, it's not always available and practical for people to have that swap. You know, a lot of people suggest having a bigger meal during the day and then a lighter meal at, at nighttime, if you can, even a couple of nights a week try experimenting with that and see how you feel even simple things like having poached egg or scrambled eggs on toast so you're having that um protein that some of those fatty um all the good fats that we want um throw in a little bit of smoked salmon and some spinach and then that that really good complex carbohydrate so there's a lot of fad diets around that avoid um carbohydrates 
but we really want a little bit of good carb before we go to bed because that really helps settle and promote that good sleep. Um, Avoiding really spicy foods, lots of sugary foods is also probably good. Um, Thinking about soft drink. um, I was amazed. We used to do um, pop-ups at Christmas time in the Westfield shopping center and, you, you know, it was great because it was a really good people watching exercise, but um, I could not believe how many people with their trolleys were just, it was full of soft drink. And, you know, so it's, if you're going to drink those drinks, that's okay, but really thinking about when you're drinking them. So if you're having, a, a you know, it, it's no different to the caffeine. So making those smarter choices around your food and your drinks thinking about coffee, are you drinking that too late in the day or even some people who have it after they have their meal. Um, Thinking about tea, tea also does contain some caffeine depending on what's in it. So switching to a herbal tea, switching to a sugar-free option like a kombucha or something that's gentler Um, and then also thinking about your alcohol choices. So, um, again, I'm not saying don't drink alcohol, um, but when are you drinking it and how much are you drinking? Because the, the trouble with the alcohol and, and like the digestive system is that when we're drinking the alcohol, it's just putting that extra strain on our uh, liver to detoxify that through our system. So then our body is so focused on detoxing that it's not able to do the full recovery process that it might need to allow you to get the best sleep you can. So I wanted to know your thoughts about naps because at the moment what's happening is there's nap pods popping around everywhere where business professionals are able to take a nap during their lunchtime break or even after work. What are your thoughts on this and do you see this coming to Australia? I think when it comes to the napping question, it's an interesting one. It's it's a polarising question. Some people are pro-nap, some people are not. Again, it's a very personalised decision. But I think if you zoom out and look at the bigger picture, particularly when it comes to workplace and um, having a napping pod, for example, in an office, it's really more about achieving the calmness that we're trying to achieve during the day that allows our body to stay in a calm, relaxed state during this period, which is going to help us get a better night's sleep. And it's going to have a huge amount of um, positive health implications um, for us if we can keep that really nice, calm nervous system throughout the day and taking the time to go to a napping pod. If you don't nap necessarily, but you take just that five to 10 minutes to close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, move your nervous system from the sympathetic into the parasympathetic, which is where we want it to be, then you're ticking some pretty big goals. And I think that if we um, can really start to move into this environment, there was a trend report that I was reading this morning and they're looking at how they immobilise more offices into um, forests and parklands and different areas like that. So I think that we're definitely moving into that environment of the connection to nature, how that can enable us to take the time out. And a napping pod, even if it might not be in the middle of a forest or a park, it allows us to take some time to sit, take some breaths and find that stillness that we need. Yeah, and you said it right, moving from that sympathetic nervous system, which most business professionals, A-type personalities that are most of the time to the parasympathetic. And that doesn't mean you're not going to be productive. If anything, it may even 
increase your productivity and your creativity because that 10 minutes or 15 minutes taking time at closing your eyes you might get this business idea or or this message that was come to you that just gotta you know improve your business um the other thing that you've mentioned at the start throughout the episode is you've spoken about what the bedroom kind of should be like. You mentioned quiet, dark room, right? You even mentioned like um, how you would make sure your kid's sleeping in the room. So what does the ideal bedroom look like? What does um, an ideal bedroom for sleeping look like or for optimal sleep? Mm. An ideal bedroom for optimal sleep versus an ideal bedroom, the way that we might picture it is probably quite different um, because it doesn't contain the bells and whistles. So in an ideal room, we have a bed, two bedside tables, and that's pretty much it. So the less clutter that we have in there, the better, um, the less opportunity to create um, dust and for dust to, to you know, manifest um, having a dark room is important. Um, having a cool room, so that optimum temperature is about 19 degrees, which probably is a bit cooler than what a, what a lot of people would think. Um, but that that's an important sign, signal to the body that it, uh, that allows you to drop into the sleep state, state that you need. Um, and then really making sure that it's clean. So, you know, I think a lot of the troubles that um, people have is that if we're not regularly spring cleaning and that's at every season change, um, then there's an opportunity to allow a lot of dust buildup, which can then cause havoc with our sinuses. And even though we might not know that our sinuses are blocked, like true sinusitis, that can be a really big um, problem for us when we're trying to sleep if we've got blocked a blocked nasal passage. So... Anyone suffering from allergies, things like that. So having that clean environment with as little in there as possible, dark and a cool temperature is ideal. Yeah, it sounds boring, doesn't it? It does. It sounds terrible. People go, well, I'm not doing that. But if you are going to do it, if you are going to add a lot of clutter into your room, make sure that you're cleaning it regularly. You know, that's all I can say. Get under your bed and clean. You'd be so surprised at how much dust builds up, um, particularly if you're living in a highly built up area and you've got windows open and things like that. So um, it is pretty, pretty critical. Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, we could stay here and talk all day about sheets, mattresses, pillows, lights. It could be a whole episode in itself. Absolutely. Two hours in itself. We can dig deep into each one of these. But I think you gave us a a basic, a a simple um, that we can implement right now and what our room should be like. So tell us a little bit about your company and how it helps people sleep better and how they're able to find it. So uh, we can be found at thegoodnightco.com.au and, you know, we're, we're here to provide simple, safe, effective solutions for sleep that include natural products. So our sleep drops are our best-selling product um, and, you know, we've literally changed people's lives. So anyone through to from a from truck drivers through to new mums um, and, and in between, um, they are um, just drops that you put underneath your tongue half an hour before going to bed Um, if you need them if you are waking up during the night you can also use them throughout the night there are no contraindications with any other um, medication that you might be taking and then it's really about how do you incorporate a sleep routine that's what we're trying to achieve here is how do we um, create a beautiful sleep routine that you are connected to and that you want to do at night time and as I mentioned earlier that might be three simple steps that might be dimming the lights 
um, after dinner and having that beautiful, calm, soft lighting. Uh, it might be having a, a warm shower so that you can allow that body temperature to drop from the, the warm shower into that cooler environment. And then it might be listening to a meditation, writing down something that you're grateful for, um, using some essential oils, um, any number of things that can be done, but it's finding what what resonates with you and what you want to do and incorporating that and sticking to it. So the, the trick here is that people say, oh, I did that for, I don't know, a couple of nights or I did it for a week and it didn't work. Well, it's not going to work. It's something that needs to be a routine and that's like every routine, you stick to it and you do it regularly. Yeah, I love that you gave us some practical tips, three in particular practical tips for us to incorporate to sleep faster and better, turning off that light, um, the shower, and also some meditation or journaling. It's so simple, but then the key that overturns it all is the durability, the this consistency and sticking to it. Um, and then Absolutely. you also gave the option of your product, which is one of the sleep spray. Is it spray or drop? These are the drops. So they're just drops. little drops that you can take under your tongue. Amazing. Beautiful. And I'll, I'm going to put down the link to your website and all the information that you've shared with us underneath in the show notes. I think what you're doing is absolutely magical. And I think you're going to improve so many people's lives here in Australia and worldwide to actually sleep better. And then once the individual sleeps better, they'll be like, where has this been my whole life? Absolutely. That is the goal. We would love the, the world to fall back in love with sleep, to understand the importance and to get a great night's sleep the majority of the time. Yeah, 100%. Look, to finish off, I ask all my guests, Shay, what is your best kept natural health hack? It may be something you do every morning, every day, once in a while, but what's a little health hack that you're going to share with us that you do most of the time? Um, I think for me, it's something that I love, which is, you know, I guess, Lots of people do it, but coconut pulling in the morning. So um, for me, I feel that that's my little, my husband hates it because he can't, I can't talk for five to 10 minutes. He likes to ask me lots of questions, but it is the, um, the one thing that I think really helps um, me to transition into my day. Um, and I love it. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and it's absolutely amazing. And I've actually done a podcast episode and interviewed a number of dentists that have recommended it. So there's so many health benefits about it. Vishay, thank you so much for sharing this valuable information about sleep and spreading the message about sleep. Is there anything else that you want to share with us before we close off today? No, I'm so grateful for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's been wonderful to share this message. Thank you so much. And remember the missing link between failure and success is your health. Content and information provided here is opinion of Mahela Raguse and is for information purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. It is not intended to provide medical advice or take the place of medical advice or any current treatment you're undertaking. Consult your own medical professionals for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the Natural Health Podcast. It is advised that you consult your doctor or healthcare professional in relation to any health concerns you may be having. Mahela Raguse does not take responsibility for any health consequences which occur from a person listening, viewing, or reading this content. And in a Circumstances shall the Natural Podcast, Mahela Raguse, any guests or contributors to the Natural Podcast, or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Mahela Raguse be responsible for damages arising from the information provided on the Natural Podcast. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical conditions in either yourself or others. Please note if you're taking prescription, do not stop your medication or start a new protocol, including but not limited to supplements 
diet, lifestyle changes without consulting a doctor or healthcare professional. If you or any person has a medical concern, you should consult with your healthcare provider or seek other professional medical advice. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something that you have read or heard on the Natural Podcast or in any linked materials. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or emergency services immediately. Neither Mahayla Raguz nor the publisher of this context takes responsibility for the possible health consequences of any person or persons reading or listening or following the information in educational content.